Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could intend. Come inside, come inside. This is the Carboline Tech Service Podcast. I'm Jack Walker. With me, as always, is the director himself of one service that is technical. His name is Paula Jamis. Paul, how's it going? I don't know, Jack. I don't know if I'm quite as uh, excited as you are there. Eh, you know what? So anyway, Paul, I wanted to take a second to talk about you know, the podcast is one way that we train you here at Carboline. Um, you know, it comes out every week. We, we like to think we give you lots of really good information. However, we also, several times a year, do some schools, and we have a few coming up. So we have, at the end of July, a petrochemical fireproofing school. Yeah, we sure do. That's July 30th and 31st. That'll be here in St. Louis. And then we also have our corrosion school, which is a really good introduction to all things industrial coating. And honestly, it is truly the thing that we used when we would be stumped on one week. You know, we'd go back and say, hey, what was in corrosion school? What did we cover? And we'd try to talk about it for a few minutes in the podcast. For more information on those, go to www.carboline.com. Go to the News and Events tab at the top of the page. It's got a full listing. You can also contact your local Carboline sales rep, and they can get you enrolled in the class. Yep. If you want to ask us directly, you can get us at technicalservice at carboline.com. Jack's on Twitter at Jack underscore CTSP. I'm at Paul underscore CTSP. So we haven't had to do this in a while. No, this is a new to do a whole show front to back. We're going to see if the training wheels are still on or <laughs> if they fa- the wheels have fallen off the bus. Hopefully it's, it's like riding a bike, I hope. Beating a dead horse? Skinning a cat? Feed a fed horse. Feed a fed horse. There you go. Two birds with one scone. We're going to take time today to talk about a coding technology that's actually been requested several times for us to do a podcast on. It really is. And we've kind of danced around this topic a little bit. And this request came in because somebody was had experienced a problem over a weekend. And, you know, there was a lot of discussion that happened. And it wasn't unknown about the technology, but just was a bigger effect than they realized. Exactly. So we're going to talk about polyaspartic technology. Anybody who's been listening to the podcast, and if you're listening now, you've probably listened to all of them. Episode 60, we talked about isocyanates. Polyaspartics are reacted with isocyanates. Before you get too far, I'd like to take a second and hack off every chemist on the face of the planet. Okay, go for it. All right, we're going to oversimplify this. To a spectacular degree. That's our job. Yes. So this is going to be like the end of Kingsman for every chemist on the face of the planet. Their heads are going to explode. Oversimplify polyaspartic. I just want you to think about this. If you took polyurea (laughs) and you had it mate with polyurethane and somehow those two technologies became their own coatings baby, (laughs) that would be a polyaspartic. You are not wrong, and but that I'm is an right overly either. simplified. <laughs> <laughs> correct. You are correct with both of those. <laughs> because really, that is kind of what we're doing here, is we're, we're taking some of the best components of a polyurethane, that high gloss, that color and gloss retention, that fantastic weathering finish. And remember back episode nine, we talked about weathering finishes. That whole discussion of how do you make something last a long time out in the environment And we're talking about environmental finishes for environmental exposures. And you match that up with the speed and the flexibility that you get from the polyureas. And because urethanes don't dry necessarily that fast unless you have sped them up. It's not their nature to go that fast. Where polyurea, it really is. It wants to be fast. 
So by smushing those two together, we end up with something that's fast, you can build it thicker, and you get great color and gloss retention. They really are an amazing technology. Where you see them the most is as use for a floor coating. It really is. As we've been getting ready for this, I've been looking at some stuff online. It's amazing how many videos there are on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube that that are people doing polyaspartic flooring. Well, it works so well for flooring because one of the things that is a huge desired characteristic for any coating that's going to go on concrete is flexibility helps so much. Well, it's because concrete, it moves, expands and contracts so much. And so the polyaspartic can absorb that movement within reasonable levels. It does it much better than an epoxy will. Absolutely. And what you do with that technology, the other amazing part about polyaspartics for floor coatings is a lot of times when you have a flooring job, you don't have time. You're doing it somewhere where they're like, I can give you this space for 12 hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, and a lot of that's due to the, the places that you're doing these coatings in. They need to make their money too and they need to do their work. Well, the great thing about polyaspartic technology is it cures really fast. So you're able to return to service a lot of times within a matter of a few hours. That's right. A lot of these, we've got a second step or third step when you're putting together a floor system that you can do in just a couple of hours. And that'll let you put a whole multi-coat system down sometimes overnight. And then it's it's almost ready to work on in the next day. Yeah, I, w- I did a job. Well, I didn't do it. I helped assist a job technically where we did 2,000 square feet of a double broadcast flake system with the polyaspartic. And we applied the whole thing in one day. And that is the benefit of this type of technology. Now, for those of you who are familiar or, or not with the Carboline products, you know, our product that we're looking at here, the Carboseal 985, is really the one that, that, that's the one that Jack worked with on this project. And it's got a lot of great benefits that, you know, you're able to have a pot life that you can use, but still work that broadcast system back into it to be able to get on it fast. And that's, that's what you're looking for for these types of systems. All right, Paul, it's absolutely that time again. And is there really anything more absolute than the time to pay the bills? So we got to talk about Placite 3070LB. Jack, this is absolutely the next generation in our baked phenolic line of coatings that we have here at Carboline. For all of you that remember the Placite 3066, Placite 3070, and the extreme level of absolute coverage that it has for chemical resistance, we have taken that to the next step. What we've done is we've managed to lower that baking temperature. That's what the LB stands for. Low bake. Low bake. And what we've done is we've moved it from a 400 degree bake cycle down to 250 degrees. And in most cases, we're able to give you a lot of the same chemical resistance. Now, there's still a couple gray areas where we have to bump that back up. But man, this is absolutely a next step in the evolution of rail and marine lining option. For more information, go to www.carboline.com, and that is absolutely the Placite 3070LB. Now, the other arena that you see these start to become more and more used in is in uh, structural steel setting. It really is. What they're, what they're trying to do with this technology now is to make it a little bit thicker, so that you can apply it a little heavier and trying to bring this down to a two coat system instead of the traditional three coat like a zinc epoxy urethane system people are looking to say 
can I get a color and gloss on there in two coats and get the same durability, or in some cases, direct to metal? And you see a lot of OEM people moving towards wanting the polyaspartic properties on a direct to metal system. Well, yeah, anytime you have something that is being applied in a shop, I mean, the number one criteria for a shop typically is how quickly can I get this out of my shop? And with polyaspartics, your dry to handle times are so much faster than anything else. There is no other technology that can come close to throughput of a shop when it comes to coating parts, steel, tanks, anything like that. And that's really what most people are looking for. That'll still keep your colorant gloss. It's not going to fade, but it'll allow for you to get it out of your shop quickly. Now, like we talked about it back in episode 60, these are isocyanates. They are going to react with moisture. In most cases, the effect that moisture has is it's going to speed it up faster. It also can cause microfoaming on the surface if it has too much exposure as it's trying to set up. It doesn't give it a chance to close back up as that reaction happens and you get a little off-gassing bubble. And that speed, the only way really to control it, you can't add extra solvents to it. You can't, there's nothing, nothing you can add to slow it down. You need to DH. And that is the main complication of these is in order to control that reaction speed, temperature has a huge effect and humidity has a huge effect. And that's the only way really to control the speed. And that's why a lot of the times it's used in the floor industry, because a lot of times you're doing these in controlled spaces. If you have controlled spaces, your humidity is under control. And, and it's kind of like, I don't know, kind of like when I play pool. You need a little bit of water to, to make the shot go in, but a little bit too much, it, it, it microfoams, right? So water? I'm not talking about water when I play pool. <laughs> um, however, you know. There's that fine line. Yeah, mine's one and a half waters. Yeah, yeah. One and a half waters, you're a really good pool player. Two waters, you might as well not even be playing pool anymore. A lot of green is is a problem. I can still do the short shot. So that moisture is really important to help with the cure because if you didn't have any moisture, your cure would be really slow. But if you have too much moisture, much like if you have too many waters when you're playing pool, the efficiency, you know... bad things start to happen. And in this case, like you said, it's the microfoaming. Yeah. So really, it is important to follow the product data sheets. You know, on ours, the CarboQuick 200 is our product that we're talking about for this. But every paint company has these. And it's important to pay attention to what the restrictions are on the product data sheet for minimum and maximum humidity levels. But let's take this one just little step further before we wrap it up. Because we mentioned a little bit of trying to get it to the two-coat system, and I kind of just want to explain the thought process there to the two- or one-coat system. And it's going to be another oversimplification. However, what I want you to think about is with all coatings other than, like, zinc-rich coatings or coatings with any kind of metal fill like MIO or aluminum, you know, if you don't have that fill, your, your mode of corrosion protection typically is barrier protection and you get that thicker barrier with the polyaspartic yet you get the uv protection as well that isn't a typical function of a top coat that's right so and really what we're looking at a product like carboquick 200 you know you can apply it at six to ten mils in a single coat so that gives you that thickness that that you're looking at where most urethanes you're even a thick film urethane you're usually still only looking at five mils Correct. And if you're in that 6 to 10 mils, that's really kind of the same thickness of your epoxy and your urethane that you would have in a traditional three-coat system. Right. Yep. All right. So that is the 10,000-foot view on polyaspartics. If you have any more questions, definitely reach out 
to your Carveline sales rep. You can get us at the numbers that Paul listed earlier. And uh, for Paul, we'll see you next Monday. And so, for the Carbaline Tech Service Podcast, I'm Paul. And I'm Jack. And we'd, we'd like, like to, to thank, thank you for, for your support. support. Who put the line in Carbaline? Who put the line in Carbaline? No matter where I go, they don't know what I mean. I say Carbaline.